Hello and welcome back to the Cracking Nights show with your hosts, myself, Ian, and my co-host, JP. JP, the week from hell is done. You must be feeling pretty relieved. Relieved and, and yeah, we'll get to it, but not not feeling too bad, actually, all things considered. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a reasonably happy Golden Knights fan, I think. <laughs> Happier than you were after the Pittsburgh game. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that was the low point of the season <laughs> for me so far, so... <laughs> Cool, cool. And uh, so, yeah, like you said, we're going to cover both the Golden Knights week and the Kraken week. And for the first time in a little while, uh, we actually have some news. So we're, we're going to jump straight into that if I can get the jingle to work. Nice, short, sweet news jingle. And it's been a while since we've had some news, um, which is which is nice. And it's two nice bits of news as well, which is always good. The first one, uh, and this doesn't involve the Kraken or the Golden Knights, but it certainly was big enough to tick the boxes for both myself and JP that we felt it was newsworthy. Uh, and that is the retirement of Henrik Lundqvist, Obviously, that happened a little while ago, but what happened this week was his jersey was retired up to the rafters. They obviously had a big ceremony. They had everybody there, the players. Um, you know, Hank was there looking his normal, suave self. It's no surprise. There were people who said that he was going to go into television. Or I thought, yeah, <laughs> well, I can't say what I said, but no something is what I said because uh, it's, you know, a given. But it, it makes you think about his career, JP, and everything that he achieved. Um, it was a really, it was a great event, a great night. Uh, it's a sad to see him retire, obviously, especially for the reasons why. Because similar to other players, it's certainly not ability that was holding him back. Uh, it was health. Um, but he's going to go on that list of players, as well as being a Hall of Famer, who did everything but win the Stanley Cup, which is a bit of a shame, really. Yeah, and it just hammers home the point of how rare that privilege is, right? I mean, le- mm. legends in the game, like guys like Lundqvist, that there's no guarantee. There's just no, there no, it's no guarantee you're gonna get a cup. And so, yeah, it is. It's um, it's the one thing that would have uh, sort of put a, a, a pretty bow on his career, right? But uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that goes on all the time, right? Legendary players who never get a cup. It's uh, it's just. It's a sad thing about it, right? It's a, it's a rare thing, and um, mm. you know, but, uh, but yeah, what a legend, right? What a career, yeah, what a guy, and um, and and look, I, th- I think he, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not Rangers fans know this, but he is he is he is Rangers through and through, and yeah, he is an absolute legend, Hall of Fame bound, no doubt, I am sure. Uh, the other one, and this involves somebody doing something equally as pretty amazing, and that is Keith Yandel became the NHL's uh, Iron Man. Uh, I don't have a jingle for Iron Man. I'm sure Marvel would sue me, so <laughs> I won't bother, won't bother testing we'll just, how we'll quick. We'll imagine it, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm just guessing that Disney have this button next to them where they just click it and it says sue. And sue. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so pretend, listeners, in your head that you've heard Robert Downey Jr. say something in the Iron Man voice, mm-hmm. um, but he, he hit 965 games in a row, which is pretty mental, to say the least, JP. I can't, I can't imagine how there's been other players that have kind of done similar things, right? Not quite as many games, but I can't wrap my head around how anybody could do that in modern Mm -hmm. NHL hockey. It's so rough. Like it's such a, (laughs) how how does anybody 
not miss time. I, I just don't, I mean, and, and I'm sure he's banged up here and there and just plays through it, but yeah, it's really, mm-hmm. uh, that can't just be chance, right? There has to be something no. about the guy's fitness and about the way he plays, right? Where he's good at like avoiding nasty hits or I don't know it can't just be luck though, right? Not that many games. There's gotta be something he's doing to avoid injury. Yeah, and, and look, what, what a couple of things make this even more impressive. So one, he did this during COVID, mm. which is just like, which adds, so yeah. not not even COVID stopped his streak, which is which is shows how yeah. yeah hardcore this man is. But right. he plays as a defender. Yes, he's an offensive defenseman, but still, you know. And I mean, like it, it would be pretty impressive if if one of my coworkers turned around to me and said, "I've had nine hundred sixty five days in the office." without getting ill right like I'd, be like I'd be like man that's that's good you're a trooper but and, and i don't have people hitting me like i'm not walking down trying to get a coffee in the office and some guys trying to cross check me to the side right <laughs> so this guy's got all of that going on and he's managed to do 965 days it's it, uh, it's not yeah there's, there's got to be something about his style about the way he plays and maybe a little mm-hmm. bit of luck too right but uh and you mentioned fitness, so <laughs> so one of the other names on this list, which makes me laugh, because of all the people that you thought would be an, an Iron Man, um, you've got Phil Kessel is number three mm-hmm. with nine hundred and forty-one games, and I, 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 I love Phil Kessel. I think he's a fantastic player, um, but he's he, one of the reasons he's a fantastic player is he looks like a beer league player, doesn't he? So yeah. yeah. That's one I think everybody jokes about that with Kessel. It's something mm-hmm. about his build, just the way yeah. he's built and and like his, his kind of the shape of his face. And mm-hmm. where you look at him and you are, you're like, that guy's in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he had a really long streak without getting injured, which is right. which is equally so, as impressive. So, so it's clearly just completely deceptive, right? Like it's not, it's just something about his frame and the way he looks that sort of fools you into thinking, but clearly he's in great shape, right? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't do that in the NHL without being in great shape. So no, and he, and he performs and he's performed right. every year. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, it's, but that's funny. I was thinking that I was wondering if you were going to mention that about Kessel and you did, and I was thinking the exact same thing. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Phil Kessel will be listening to the podcast saying, I don't look like a beer league player, but I'm sorry, Phil, you do. Oh, and uh, you, can, you can't tell me he hasn't heard it before. You know, I'm sure yeah. it wouldn't yeah, be the exactly. first time he's heard it, you know, more power to him. He's obviously a great player. So not saying anything bad mm-hmm. about him, but yeah, yeah. I totally no, heard no, what no. you're saying. He doesn't, he does not look like your typical hockey player by any means. He does not. Him and Henrik Lugfist look very different. <laughs> so let's <laughs> right, leave right. it at that. Um, the last bit of news and, uh, and this is, this is self-created because this is some news about the Kraken Knights show. And that is, and it's, it's not on par with the two pieces of news I've just talked about. Let me, let me caveat by, you know, by saying that, but those fans of the show and if you're new listeners welcome to the show if you are reoccurring listeners is that the word i'm looking for sure if you're repeat (laughs) listeners why not repeat listeners that's better Uh, it's sunday night anyway (laughs) if you listen to the show more than once you probably know it comes out on a monday well from now on it's going to be coming out on a tuesday so it's going to have the same great content that you're used to you still get myself and jp which you'll be glad to hear it's just that it's going to be on a tuesday rather than a monday and the only reason for this by the way is we record on a sunday night and that gives me the time to edit it properly before it goes out it's just as simple as that so it'll still be weekly it'll still be in the morning if you're over on the west 
hand side of where I am currently. Uh, it will be the morning. If you're in the UK or Europe, then obviously it'll be the afternoon slash evening. Um, and that is the joy of time difference, my friends. So, but that is it. That is the, the final piece of news. So self-publication is uh, always the best piece to end on, isn't it? Hey? <laughs> So we actually had a hockey field week with both teams playing lots and lots of games. And as we said at the beginning of the uh, podcast, JP, this was the week of hell for Vegas Golden Knights, which saw a road trip to end all road trips. So you're going out east. You're going to face Washington, Carolina, Florida and Tampa all in a week. What more could you want? Um, and you know, like you said, Vegas actually didn't do as badly as we all thought. Just to quickly summarize the scores. So they started with a win over Washington. So that was 1-0 in a game which both of the goaltenders for you know for both clubs was absolutely superb. Uh, then they lost in overtime to Carolina uh, 4-3, lost to Florida 4-1, and then finished the four-game trip. Um, well, finished the four games of the week anyway, uh, 3-2 win over Tampa Bay. I mean, JP, we we said beforehand, I think your exact words last podcast were, if we get 500, we would have done well, which, you know, you're slightly above that with the overtime loss. It mm. must have felt like a pretty good week, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. In my mind, a totally successful road trip. And honestly, they were totally in every single one of those games. The the 4-1... The the four one score against um uh, the I guess it was the Panthers mm-hmm. is is deceptive. Two of those were empty netters. So that was a two one game until the last like minute and a half of yep. the game. So they were in every single game. And by the way, uh all of those teams were in pretty good form. You know, there were no gimmies. <laughs> None of those games were gimmies. Every team was nope. playing pretty well. So it was a good measuring stick. Um, a good test for kind of where the Knights are at. It was clear that they were up for the games. They were mm-hmm. motivated. They knew how difficult the games were going to be. And mm-hmm. yeah, I feel, I feel pretty good about the trip. Honestly, it's, it's for the first time all season, the Knights are nearing full health. It was bizarre. It's probably the first time in two years, the, the game against the caps, uh, the first game against Washington, they had to, you know, they had a healthy scratch, like, three three players maybe or four players like it's the first time the knights have had to do that in recent memory because mm-hmm. they've been pressing the cap so hard like all of last season they never had healthy scratches ever in fact there were games where they played a player short um so it was bizarre to be like hey where'd all these guys go oh they're healthy scratches because the roster's actually sort of full for once so mm-hmm. um it was kind of nice to see that um stone returned to the lineup eventually patch returned to the lineup um, a couple guys on the last game had to leave because of COVID protocol, which that's just, everybody's dealing with that right now. But, um, so it's nice to see what, uh, get a taste of what the team is going to look like fully healthy because we just haven't had that luxury yet this season. And to my eye, the, the team looks, they're looking like I would have expected them to look, they do look a little rusty still. They look like a team that hasn't actually played together at all, which is true. You know, this particular lineup hasn't really played together much, if at all. And 
Maybe there was a little bit of rust here and there. Like, but most of these games came down to just one or two mistakes, you know, that kind of made the difference if they ended up losing. But, um, I feel good about it. I mean, I, I felt that the Knights fan base is always very polarized. I certainly saw a lot of dissatisfaction from some of the fan base about the way they played at times. But to be honest, looking at it against that opposition, here's the thing. When you play really good teams, they have a way of making you make mistakes. <laughs> so you, you could talk all day <laughs> yeah, yeah. about like, oh, they didn't play a complete 60. They made those mistakes. It's like, well, yeah, they were playing Tampa. Tampa has a way of forcing mistakes. You know, the like for instance, with the Tampa game, they were up to nothing for most of that game. They played two outstanding mm-hmm. periods. And then in the third period, Tampa scored two to tie it up because Vegas went to the box three times. So, but Tampa has a way of forcing you to give up penalties, right? So, um, two juggernauts going at it, you know, that game went to overtime and then shootout, yeah. seven rounds of shootout. So it easily mm-hmm. could have gone either way. The Carolina game easily could have gone the other way. Just the Knights happened to be on the bad side of it in OT. So, yeah, for me, five points out of eight against that opposition, I think is outstanding. I, I'm yeah, I'm totally satisfied. And for me, I think Vegas is starting to find its groove. I don't. I get the sense that some <laughs> of the fan base doesn't feel that way, but that that's not what I saw against that opposition. I saw some really outstanding play from the Knights and. Um, you could feel the difference with the kind of top caliber players back in the lineup. You could see the difference in the way they were playing. It was, uh, it's just different. It's a different, it's a different vibe when you got those two top lines clicking. And then the third line for a lot of the week was Dodonov, uh, Yanmark and Wah, I think was the third line they skated most of the week. I mean, that's a hell of a third line right there. That's a, it certainly is. It certainly that's a is. second line on a lot of teams. So, so yeah, I, I feel I feel really good about about uh, how they did this week. Now, all that being said, you know, with Pacioretty back in the lineup and Eichel getting healthier all the time, as we feared, um, somebody's going to be on the move pretty soon, and probably before the season's I over. So. I think this road trip made that clear. Now it's like, okay, Pacioretty's not just close to return; he's in, he's back. So that cap hit is now back on the books. Um, yeah. So we all knew that that was a distinct possibility. I hear a lot of fans talking like two people are going to be on the move and you're, you know, you're more of a math guy than me, um, but um, you know, you might be able to deny or confirm that at some point. I kind of always thought they'd be moving one, one expensive player. I suppose they could feasibly move two kind of, you know, not so expensive players, but anyway, we got to brace ourselves because somebody's moving soon. So, I mean, I'm just having a quick look now. It's complicated. Uh, it's not just adding. Yeah, the cap hit thing is a. Well, so, because where Vegas are right now, their current cap space is 5.7 million, hmm. which, if Ico has joined the team, <clears throat> excuse me, that would that would be enough. Yeah, I think oh. to to take him on. But it depends if there's anybody else off at the moment. I've, I've, I mean, I'm literally just having yeah. a quick look on yeah. on cap friendly. But I, I mean, I think you'll end up having to move somebody. Yeah, and I think I think they want to because, yeah. like you just said, what's the point of having somebody who's on maybe a couple of million scratched? Um, and you haven't really got. There's no obvious candidates for me. And if if the listeners want to 
to throw out some ideas then that we'd be all ears but it's I, I, it has to be a bigger name player and I think the problem taking it from your defense is that it's an area that you're not particularly strong enough to just drop somebody from it there's, yeah. and there's no obvious candidate yeah. you've got McNabb maybe is the yeah. the player that just springs out as being one you could move but yeah, he's not easily replaced uh, right. and, and you wouldn't be able to have any money to do the replacing element of it mm-hmm. so for me I think it'd be interesting to see who they go with my gut feel is William Carlson I know that people don't like that and they'll think yeah shut up Kraken fan but, uh, <laughs> but that is my 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 kind of gut feel is it's going to be William Carlson it will will they do that now I, I don't know yeah. but I think the emergence of of people like Nick Roy Chandler Stevenson it's an area and Jack Eichel I mean to be honest what I've just read then that that to me is your one two three uh, as in centers mm. it's it's Ra, it's Stevenson and it's Eichel in some order um mm-hmm. Eichel probably being one or two you would guess mm-hmm. um and and I just think, unfortunately for Carlson, that, that puts him out. And I, I saw an interesting um, stat on the Athletic, which I would recommend for for hockey fans. By the way, I'm, we're not we're not sponsored by the Athletic, so I'll, there's no there's no benefit for me saying this. But as a Sado uh, who likes his his uh, sports um, journalism, I think it's quite good. Uh, and they had a list of all of the the Vegas players. Uh, and they're, 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 what they what they class as the contribution, uh, and then the projected value of that player, and then they looked at that compared to their actual cap hit. And most of the Vegas forwards were in the greens; they were perceivingly bringing more to the team than they were costing. But William Carlson uh, and another player whose name escapes me right now uh, were both in the red. Um, now you you could argue William Carlson does things that don't show up on the stat sheets, and, and I get that, but. I just my gut feel is maybe you can make it work this year, but he's going in the off season. Mm. So, like you said, you've got to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but very quickly on the on the form, I mean, look, I, I haven't watched all of the games fully because you know you know that I tend to watch uh, the cracking games and then I watch the Knights games, the condensed kind of highlights. But everything I saw this week, there is a lot to like if you're a Vegas fan. Lena played really well. Both goalies have been pretty solid recently, but there was no like blowouts while you were there. Um, like you said, these are good teams. I mean, Carolina are an absolute force to be reckoned with. Florida are, you know, not good enough to be the Kraken, but they are. They're a very good team, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tampa Bay, I had to get that. Uh, Tampa Bay, we tried to soften them up for you as well, guys. I mean, come on, sort yourselves out. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> So Tampa Bay, obviously, are Tampa Bay, for God's sake. And, and Washington Capitals have one of the best goal scorers of all time mm. in their lineup mm-hmm. as part of their you know, offense. So to come away being, like you said, a couple of puck bounces away from maybe winning three of those four games, I mean, that's that's where you're at. And uh, you look playoff form ready. Mm. Um, I just, like you, like you said, around the rustiness, I think that will come. A lot of these lines are newly together which sounds weird because these players have played together before but not mm. really this season because yeah. of of health issues so right I, I was really impressed with what i saw this week and i think i like i like the the phrase you use jp um vegas getting their groove back i, I like it that's about right yeah yeah that's how i feel about it and and that's the thing i you know sometimes you um you know i don't want to be too reactive to what other fans do but sometimes you do you see fans they're disappointed that it's like some people said well vegas not they're not playing complete games and 
you know, they made these cru- crucial mistakes. And I mean, hey, you're not you're not going to go in against teams this good and not make any mistakes because it's not just about no. you making mistakes. There's another team out there who's awesome that also wants to win, and they have yeah. a way of forcing mistakes. And against opposition that good, you're just not. Like Tampa, frustratingly, almost came back and won the game. You know, yeah. the Knights dominated them for two periods. But are you going to dominate Tampa for a full three? Not likely. You know, it's and and that's exactly what happened. Tampa came back and and stormed in the third. You know, the Knights I think got one shot on goal the entire period, and um, that's what Tampa does. Tampa doing Tampa things. So. Um, you know, you're not, you're just not going to skunk those guys most of the time. The, and, and yeah, I agree. Look, you're talking about a potential Stanley cup final matchup right there. You think you're going to sweep Tampa in four? Uh-uh, <laughs> you're not. If you beat him, you're going to beat him in six or seven. So look, the, as far as I'm concerned, and, and by the way, uh, I watched every minute of every game. And like I said, all of those teams were in very good form. The Panthers looked outstanding. Carolina looked outstanding. They, you know, they got all those teams at their best. So mm-hmm. to expect that the Knights are just going to go in there and and play a perfect game every game against teams that good, it, there's no universe where that's going to happen. No. So I'm with you. No. I'm like, no, no, no. This was out. This was an outstanding road trip. You're on the road. You get five out of eight points. You know, to sum up, the Knights went toe to toe with every single one of those teams with a roster that's still a little rusty hasn't hasn't played together much. This particular lineup, so. Very promising in in my mind. I think I think the Knights are kind of on track, and they slipped out of first for like half a day. You know, Anaheim jumped ahead of them there uh, for half a day when they won their game, and so the Knights are only in first by one point. But um, I'm not too concerned about that. I think they're going to be fine. So, yeah, I agree with you, man. And I think the week from the week from hell wasn't that bad. You know, it could have no. been it could have been a lot worse. You could have come back with four L's. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I said, how does, how does next week look for the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights? A much lighter week. Um, it's just a one, a game against Buffalo. And then I think we go into the all-star break if I'm not mistaken. So a home, home game mm. against Buffalo. And then there's, I want to say there's a several day break that is either the all-star break or it's right before it. So I'd have to look at this. Yeah, it is. It sure. is all-star break. Yeah. Um, so you're right there, man. Over the hump, but by, you know, and then they'll get a little bit of rest after that road trip and, uh, I think they're right where they need to be. Mm. And then it's uh, it's game time, and it, it was going to be the February of, of of the Olympics, but obviously that went sideways, and it's now the February of the NHL. The, the, the February anyway, so. of makeup games, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the PPDs. Yes. Um, but it's yeah. funny you mentioned Buffalo because this is this is a sad um, statistic. Uh, any Buffalo fans are probably launching their device that they're listening to this on. I mean, it would be a bit weird if you're a Buffalo fan listening to a Golden Knights and Kraken podcast, but if you are, I'm going to depress you further, which is, <laughs> so Buffalo became uh, the the city that has the longest sports drought across the four major sports, um, or four major sport competitions, should I say, uh, and also men's sports, I'll just add that in. So when the Buffalo Bills got knocked out of the uh, of the playoffs in the NFL, it, what it means is that it's 108 seasons since Buffalo won anything, which is it's rough, pretty depressing. It's rough, and um, mm-hmm. you know it's interesting because for a long time in the U.S., Cleveland kind of had like they made a documentary about it. Cleveland yeah, had yeah. this legacy of 
of you know teams just just never just just losing and losing or choking in the playoff like it was so bad that they actually made a film about cleveland's (laughs) legacy of (laughs) of sort of failure of course that's been broken now that they've got an nba title which broke that but um but yeah buffalo putting cleveland to shame there in that regard i suppose but uh 108 is that what you said 108 108 yeah so you could just imagine that's what i mean there is (laughs) there could be depending on how old your parents are you could have three generations of of like fan so your dad your dad's dad and you that are all depressed by every single sport in the city so yeah um, sorry about that it could always be worse it could always be worse yeah and that's why sometimes when you know when things are happening with the crack and I kind of sit back and think, eh, could be worse. So absolutely, yeah, definitely. And as a Golden Knights fan, it makes you feel like you really have no room to complain at all. So you yeah. know, four or five really good seasons so far. So yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> and counted. Yes, and counted. I'll quit while I'm ahead there. So. Well, look, let's segue across and pick up the Seattle Krakens, uh, the week that was. Uh, and it, well, that's all a pretty good week for us, actually, in, in total. So it started with a win against Florida. So as I said, we softened them up ready for the Knights, uh, beating them 5-3. Uh, second game was a 4-2 loss to Nashville, which was a pretty disappointing. It's been, we've had a few of those where it's one game is like leaves you on a high and then the next game smacks you in the face like one of those salmon that they throw when they win um <laughs> and uh, and then we beat the penguins which is always nice to see i don't know why i dislike the penguins so much i do um so it was nice to see us beating them as well um so you know we're talking about weeks if we summarize the week i know that we've just lost tonight which is a stinker so i, I was i was <laughs> jp you could see me but i was glancing at my phone to see what the score was and we've just played the New York Rangers. So to finish off the week, we've just lost 3-2, um, which was a bit of a stinker. Um, and But I think there's a lot of things to like about the week. Even though you would argue, yes, you've, you've gone 500, let's be honest, we're a team that has a win percentage of like 387. Uh, we'll take 500. Mm. 500 means that we are improving. And if we'd have been 500 all season, like you know, like me and you have talked about back in the early days when Vegas were, were injury-ridden and... And, you know, and, and we're finding it tough. 500 for periods of the season is good enough to get you in the playoff mix, um, which obviously we're not, but that's the sort of form that you want to take in. Uh, so there's a couple of talking points I wanted to go through in terms of the Seattle Kraken's performances in a week rather than going through game by game. And then the first one is around the attitude and the fight of the Kraken. I mean, one of the things I think is, is really noticeable for me is the effort level that these guys are putting in. Like they know that they're not going to hit the playoffs. Like all those players know that they're not stupid. And most fans are fully aware that the likelihood of getting into playoffs is, you know, well, extremely unlikely. And that's me being positive. Um, but you don't see it on the ice. Like the effort is is there. Even when we were in the losing streak, they really were trying hard. And since they snapped it, I thought the game, even the game against Nashville, a bit like your one against Florida. Like the 4-2 doesn't really do it justice because it, it wasn't a 4-2 game. They were in all four of the games. And tonight's game, if it wasn't for 
the fact that New York Rangers in goal have got a brick wall in Igor Shosturkin, you know, it, the game come I mean, we had 42 shots, you know, like it's just, mm-hmm. it's just mental. So I think Kraken's doing a lot of good things uh, and the efforts there, but it's, you know, it's just, it's not always going to pay off. Um, the second point is around Grubauer. Again, we've, we've spoke about him on the podcast at length. And I was I was very dismissive of him changing his pads. So he's gone from the true hockey pads that he had on before the company being true, uh, and he's moved back to his CCM pads. Now, whether that actually does anything for him, I'm not a goalie, so I don't know. But from a psychological perspective, it's definitely worked because his performances in net have been a million times better since since he switched. His save percentage hasn't always been out of this world. But what's different to me is that when his save percentage has been rough, you look at the goals and you think his div, you know his defense let him down or the Kraken let him down because it was a turnover in the offensive zone, ends up as a two-on-one, and then you think, look, nobody's going to save that. There hasn't been any real times that I can remember over the last couple of weeks now where I would have looked at that and gone, that's his fault. Like that, you know, we were talking about his soft goals and ones that he maybe wants back. I, I haven't seen a lot of those. So I've been really impressed with, with his performance lately. And if it is the pads that's given him the good juju, as you would call it, JP, then, <laughs> you know, I'm all for it. Whatever it takes. Yeah. And it, and it could, it could just be the psychological effect of changing the pads, right? Like you said, it's, um, mm-hmm. may not be the pads themselves, but that's a big contributor to the change in record. I think is him. I don't know. Teams also sort of feed off their goalies a little bit. Like if the goalie's hot, like the team, I don't know. It sort of sometimes can sort of galvanize the rest of the team. Right. It does. It makes a great save. And then the team's pumped, right? They're like, Mm -hmm. yes, we can do this. Like it's, it's an interesting, um, there's an interesting psychological effect that comes along with a goalie who's sort of heating up. So, but uh, I mean, look to beat the Panthers, that's and the penguins that's a huge week for the kraken man that's a that's a big deal i think that's going toe-to-toe with two outstanding teams right there you know yeah and let's be let's be frank two teams that are in a very very different place to where we are in Mm -hmm. in the standings in Mm -hmm. you know their own team's um journeys in, in with their expectations um you know the quality of players they have on the ice not being dismissive to the Kraken, but we don't have Sidney Crosby. You know, we don't have um, Huberdo. We don't. We don't have all these players that these guys have. So I, I, I'm, I that you know, and maybe I'm just being Mister Positive today, which is rare. People listening to podcasts you know, on a regular basis are probably thinking, "What has Ian taken before he came on the podcast today? <laughs> Where's that depressive moany git that we normally get?" Um, so, I'm wearing so, off on you, rubbing off yeah. on you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it's. I just think there's a lot to like about it. Like I'm, I'm enjoying watching the games again because we're in every game and I don't expect us to win them all. But as for me, and maybe this is just the way that I look at things in life generally, if, as long as they're giving 100%, like I'm okay with that. The other stuff we can fix in the draft, we can fix in the off-season. Um, but you, you, can't, you can't fault the players' efforts. The only other thing that I wanted to bring up, because I think this is something that the team is going to have to deal with and it could rock the way the locker room feels is the harsh reality of, of sports and the harsh reality of a league in which you have trades like we do have in the NHL is when you're a team that's not doing so well, you know that some players are going to be being dangled right now for as, you know, as potential pieces to go to, you know, to 
potential cup winners like Vegas and other teams that are in the playoff mix. Uh, and there's been a lot of talk now about Giordano being traded and a few other names that have been thrown in the mix as well is Donato, Jan Kroak, um, and one other whose name just has completely gone out of my head. But Gio is really where I wanted to focus today. And that is, I, I, I get the business side of why you would look to trade him because the reality is he has got a lot of value still. Uh, and apparently there's six or seven teams that are interested in him. The Kraken can retain his salary to up to 50% and they will do no doubt. So like, there's no issues in terms of what he's getting paid. Um, but it's how will the team cope, I guess, is the question. How will the team cope in terms of seeing players exit the door? Knowing that that essentially signifies that the team is saying, guys, like we're done this year. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that'll be that'll be trade deadline stuff too, right? Like that's yeah, yeah. Th- those moves yeah. will happen nearing the trade deadline for sure. So, yeah, you think about it too. It's like the it's the unfortunate reality of pro sports and just the way mm. things are designed. But yeah, especially right now, they're kind of uh, playing better, right? Finding a little bit of a groove here, and then yeah, and you then know, boom. if they're able to sustain that, it's it's unfortunate, right? That uh, then trade deadline comes along and you know, now they have to sort of lose a few players and try to play out the rest of the season. But, uh, yeah. and yeah, you're right. It's, uh, with the, the record where it's at, I'd be shocked if they weren't sellers at the deadline, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's, um, gosh, it's, it's been good though, man. This has been a really good couple of weeks for the, for oh, it's the been great, man. Yeah. And how, great. Let's see. Trade deadline day is remind me it's, um, uh, so it's weird this year because normally it would be it, in, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, so normally it would be at the end of February. Or right, actually, I, I think thinking. it's normally like mid-Feb. Yeah. Um, whereas this year, it's the beginning of March. And that would have been because of the Olympic break is probably why they moved it, right? The, ori- yeah, the yeah, original actually, it may actually be, Olympic break. It may actually be the end of March. But I know it's, it's it's definitely a lot later than it is normally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I still think you'll see teams dealing sooner. Sure. Oh, um, yeah. B- yeah, the deals because, won't all just happen on deadline day. No. Yeah. Yeah, they'll happen leading up to it. But... I mean, you know, sticking with my positive outlook for the episode um you know just to keep the facade of a positive person going but <laughs> the um the like every every person that leaves frees up a spot for one of the prospects who's currently in the ahl to step up and prove that they can do it it doesn't mean they're particularly fighting for a cup mm-hmm. but they are fighting for a spot so they're, they're, it may be that the team is more galvanized when these things happen i just think it's a bit of a weird scenario for the kraken and something that obviously Vegas have never have never had to in their entire yeah. life as a franchise had to not I guess yet. contemplate, but yeah. it's not yet. Yeah, is is that is that locker room feeling of well the you know the GM is essentially saying you're not going to make it, guys. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, from a I'm a little concerned now that and this is probably NHL.com, and I'm going to come on to NHL.com in a minute. That was one of the things that I was talking to you offline, JP, that I was going to mention, <laughs> and uh, I'll come to that in a second. But Donato, for me, like, do not trade that man. Like, he needs to stay at the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. Like, he he has potential. He is loving playing there. He's a re- like, they just need to get that kid signed up on a, you know, maybe a two- or three-year deal, something like, you know, prove us that you're a better player than this. And you mm-hmm. can have your big bucks later, but right. him and McCann, they need to be signed quick because they're both RFAs. 
Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so they would need to lock them down sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, exactly. who do you who do you think is gonna who do you think is gonna? I mean, you think it's gonna be Giordano? You think that's who's gonna go? Like, do you think it'd be more than one? You think they'll move a few players, or you think just yeah, yeah, yeah? yeah I, I, it's not gonna quite be like um, a fire sale, but I, I think you'll see. I think that Jan Croak will probably move. Mm. Um, I think that Giordano will move. And I could see a few others. Maybe yeah, Marcus Johansson goes. Maybe yeah. he doesn't. Um, I, I I'm not sure how many people look because some of the other players that have got multiple years. I don't see them moving. I think it's all expiring deals that yeah, will move, of course. But there's but there's a few players that they could that they could do. And and for Kraken, it makes perfect sense. You know, yeah. load up on picks because that's that's what they need to do, and that's the route that they're taking to get to you know to where they want to be. So I think yeah. I totally get it. I just, yeah, it's, it's all about it's building, who they trade. building for the future. But of course there's, yeah, emotionally speaking, you wonder is the rest mm. of the season just going to be yeah, horrific stale. or is it one of those things where mm. that's, you know, the players are motivated by different things in that kind of situation, right? It's like you said now, exactly. which is already going on to an extent, people are playing for jobs. They're playing, they're playing for jobs. They're jockeying for position. They're playing to earn a new contract. And sometimes that's enough, yeah. right? But um, but I, the same it, goes for the coach. Like the coach is playing, like yeah, you know, absolutely. the team that goes out. Like it's up to him to motivate his, yeah. his team, his squad, yeah. and like he is playing for his job. Absolutely, you know, yeah. So um, I'm sure it won't. And you know, you can the, the, the team has given me no indication that they're going to give anything other than 100 percent effort. So I'm, I'm sure it'll be absolutely fine. The work ethic's been nice. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, talking of things that aren't nice though so nhl.com was doing the uh, and hello guys this is where we uh, where we tell you that we don't like some of the stuff that you do um, so nhl.com is doing the uh, we, we also we've already wins that we don't like the fact that they end losing streaks when there's an overtime loss which is still a loss right like i know it's an otl not an l but no fan ever thinks well it feels like a win to me like nobody ever says that so yeah, yeah. it's a moral victory no it's yeah. not it's a loss uh, you got a point that's great but anyway so uh, we already said that we don't like that but nhl.com had the game today the cracking game and I, I could see on twitter that some fans in the u.s even though it's on nhl.com they still have the game blacked out which must be really annoying now i didn't have the game blacked out because i had it on a a um a channel known as free sports which is a uk channel i don't know if you have that in the us or not but anyway so. it was on, it was on that and and i have to say like, like i like kevin weeks and like i'd like some of the stuff that nhl.com does but their commentary is awful <laughs> like it just uh, people may disagree with me here right but it's it's to the it's the like it's so over the top positive just uh, here's an example okay i'd have never ever heard them say a player is dreadful right and let's be honest there's some dreadful players out there right (laughs) like not everybody is conor mcdavid in fact some people uh, probably couldn't lace conor mcdavid's skates like it's the nhl even though nhl is the pinnacle of hockey you still have good players and you have bad players and you have players that are playing poorly that aren't aren't bad players they're just playing crap Mm -hmm. and i just for once 
And uh, you don't, you don't find this. Maybe this is a British and American thing, but British commentators on 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 football or soccer, if you if you're to the west of me, like we will be brutal about a team if they play poorly, and we'll be brutal about a player if they play poorly. Mm-hmm. But like NHL.com is essentially like the Lego version of commentary where everything <laughs> is awesome 24 seven. Everything like, is awesome. <laughs> that's what it's like. Like you know, Lozano missed the puck completely and he'll be like, ah, oh, but he tried so hard. And you think, yeah, but that's not really good enough when you're a professional man getting paid a million pound or million dollars uh, to stop that puck with your stick. So I just, I just, for once I want to, I want to hear Kevin Weeks or whoever the commentator is, just get angry about something. Sure. Just say, just say, man, that is awful. Cause they were talking about the Kraken and obviously the results to date. And even then he was saying stuff like, well, it's about just keeping consistency going forward. And I thought, God, like just, I don't need to be sugar coated, spoon fed commentary. Like I'm there going, well, okay. Just like, just like, just you're supposed to be an analytics team. Right? They're supposed to give you a breakdown. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, I think there's probably two things going on there. I'm just spitballing here, but one, yes, uh, American culture is is a little smilier, right? Perhaps a little uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> leans a little more positive, maybe on average in that way. Um, yeah. Also, I, like I said, I don't know the the business structure. Um, I don't know the details on the business structure, but the, the fact that it's NHL.com, you know, kind of implies that it's NHL owned, right? Yeah. So I also think that there's maybe to some degree, there's that whole like, well, this is our league and our money. And so they don't want to paint it in a bad light, right? Yeah. Like it's almost like the directive from up high is like, look, look, analyze the games, but don't go, don't, you know, don't get too negative. We don't want to be criticizing yeah. the league. And if we're criticizing players too much, we're painting the NHL in a bad light. Like you wonder whether that's, if that's a factor whether consciously or subconsciously, it's like one of those things. It's like, well, the NHL hired me and I'm, I'm, it's kind of like this. So like, you know how every team has their (laughs) own sort of press team. It's like, I've noticed the golden Knights press team, the actual golden Knights pundits, they, they're careful about how they criticize. They criticize, but it's gentle, right? It's, it's right. Whereas the independent (laughs) pundits are the ones who are going to get brutal. And I think it's the same thing. It's like NHL.com, their checks are signed by the NHL. So they're going to criticize, but it's going to, it's going to be very gentle. You it's, know? Uh, well, I, I'm going, it's, it's Lego commentary in my opinion. That's a good because way to I just, put it. I just don't, yeah. you know, I, I could just imagine, and I'm going to pick on Kevin Weeks, but like it could be any of the commentators are sat at home, you know, they get home and their, their wife or partner, whoever has made them dinner and has completely burnt it, right? So it's literally a crisp completely burnt from barely inedible and you could just imagine them placing it down in front of him and him going well the effort was a hundred percent you know like it just thinks just just say it's crap you gave it the old college try yeah Yeah, exactly exactly, yeah well you'll get there so anyway (laughs) that sounds like a uh, network run by me doesn't it yeah. (laughs) yeah Uh, and those listening are now going there's the moody git that we wanted from the beginning of the podcast yeah you see it just just makes me laugh no i I hear i hear what you're saying though yeah it's so different to like there's a lot of things where like our culture and me and you talk a lot offline as well like there's there isn't a lot of differences between our culture but that is like yeah and if, if people aren't sure how different it is uh go on youtube and google 
a a football commentator called Roy Keane. So R O Y K E A N E, and you will see how brutal our commentators can get because he is. Well, you'll see. Yeah, well, and just generally in the in the if you're talking about like in the Premiership and stuff, like mm-hmm. critic criticism of teams and of organizations can just be like you said just be absolutely brutal so yeah yeah there's no holding back uh and i think that's i think there's some organizations you can say that about here but you're right the general trend here is it's a little gentler and especially yeah nhl.com there's there's some weird not conflicts of interest but (laughs) it's a little bit weird when you're (laughs) providing commentary on your own product you got your own yeah. product so right yeah. of course you're going to be like well this is still great you know yeah. gonna... <laughs> well, and you, you remember the game the um the there was it wasn't the winter classic but it was the outdoor one where where it was too hot yeah the the sun was on the ice and melting obviously it kept melting ice. it yeah. and the commentators were obviously having to keep going over and over and, and that was that was like a real classic they're like oh isn't the view fantastic isn't it beautiful nhl's oh. done such a great job here yeah, yeah exactly it's such a good location <laughs> look at this boat this boat's beautiful there's some people right. having a great time they're not watching any hockey but man they're having fun it, it does uh, get so. to the point where you do start to sm- you're like okay yeah you're are you serious like yeah, yeah. You, it does get to, to the point where you kind of have a hard time buying it you're like this isn't entirely sincere is it uh, this is uh this is you guys doing what you've been directed to do maybe 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 i've i've missed a niche and you know you could start up what classing it as real commentary and just have brits commentating on on american sports yeah absolutely (laughs) you know we might be onto something there well i won't quit the day job just yet so uh (laughs) (laughs) we'll see um but there we there we go look listeners you know that you get honesty through this podcast for both the uh, golden knights and the seattle kraken because jp uh, even even yourself maybe not as uh pessimistic as i but at least you you are nothing but honest when it comes to your summarization of the yeah, night try to call it like i see it yeah yeah exactly cool um well i tell you what that pretty much wraps us up for this week which is uh which feels crazy. It feels like it's flown by, which is which is nice. And I think it's because it's been a positive episode. We've both got a lot yeah. to like. The fan base has got a lot to be chuffed about. Good weeks for both teams, I'd say. Yeah, le- less things to be cranky about this week for sure. So, uh, hey, we'll enjoy it while it lasts because there will be more tough weeks. No doubt about that. It certainly will be. There certainly will be. Um, and look, all, what I would definitely want to do uh, today is give a shout out to, uh, to everybody who's listening to our episodes because, and I know we do this every time, but every week we see new listeners joining. Uh, you know, both me and JP were checking out the numbers before we came on today. And it's, again, we've seen a, like a massive explosion of, of new listeners, yeah, uh, big which week. is fantastic. Yeah, it's, thank- it's mental. Yeah. Week, yeah. And thank you to everybody. Thanks guys for listening in. Yeah, it really, you know, it really, uh, it makes all this all this worthwhile. Uh, we love the uh, the back and forth on Twitter as well, both through the show's handle and obviously Golden Steel, which is uh, JP's uh, that little baby. So, <laughs> so yeah, look, thanks guys for listening to that. It's really, it's really. Good. And if you want any questions on the show, if you've got questions you want to ask us, you know, please do contact us. Obviously, we we have things that we're talking about each episode. But if you've got questions like we had on the uh, the Vegas power play, then then please do uh, drop us a, a direct message through through Twitter, and that's probably the easiest way to do it. Um, 
Great. Well, look, thanks for your time, JP. It's been fun talking hockey with you as always. Absolutely. And for the Vegas and Seattle fan bases, enjoy the roller coaster, which is these current weeks, and long may the uh, the good good weeks continue. Absolutely. Let's hope for another good week. Yeah, cool. So thanks for listening, guys. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you next Tuesday. So don't freak out when it's not out on Monday. It's not, you know, we're still here. We've not gone anywhere. It's just, <laughs> we're just releasing on Tuesday. So until then, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.